very grateful to God for the insight that he's given me and the revelation that he's given me. Um, and, you know, that's what uh, that's what these people are. Their lives were written down in the Bible for our learning and our admonition, our teaching and instruction. And so before we get started, we're going to say a word of prayer. Uh, but uh, let's just uh, let's just pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh. Thank you, Lord, for each and everything that you teach us and uh, what we learn in your presence and what we learn by looking at the lives of people like Job, Lord. And uh, I just pray that you would help us to retain everything that we're learning and not only retain it, but to see how you would have us to apply it to our lives. And Father, I just pray that you would help us, Lord, to know that nothing happens just out of the blue. But Lord, there's two uh, powers that's in control and Lord, you have the ultimate authority, but Satan also has some authority in the earth. And Lord, I pray that you would uncover him, Lord, that you would show his tricks and schemes for what they are, that you would help those that are being tricked right now by the devil to realize, Lord, that uh, it's him that's behind the whole situation uh, or you know, that's that onslaught that's coming against them, that seemingly is coming against them out of the blue. But Lord, we know that nothing happens by just chance or by luck. But Lord, uh, you cause things to work in our favor. You said that you cause all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to your purpose. And Lord, I just pray that you would teach us and, and lead us and guide us into all the truth. And Lord, I just pray that you, Father, would get the glory, the honor, and the praise out of this podcast each and every time. And Lord, I just thank you, Lord, for each and every person that's listening. I pray that you that you would uh, that you would meet every area of their lives, Lord. That you would meet it according to your will, Lord. Whatever they're going through and whatever they need, I pray that it that you would meet them according to your will in whatever circumstance that they're in. Baruka ta Adonai Elohenu Malek Haolam Ashur. Bakarbanu Mako Ha Amem Venatan Lanu Etorato Barukata Adonai Neten Hatora. Amen. And so we're going to be looking again at the book of Job. But good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is where you are. And I have been planning to look at the book of Job more in the Hebrew uh, language than just the English. And uh, I was uh, talking to a preacher that I know and I was telling him that, uh, you know, that the, you know, the Bible was written. The Old Testament or former covenant was written in Hebrew and Aramaic and the New Testament was written in Greek. But I was somewhat ridiculed in a sense um, uh, and by this particular preacher, uh, basically letting me know that he didn't think that we needed to study the Bible in Hebrew, which my thing is, is that if we truly love the Lord and if we truly want to learn his word and if we truly want to get closer to him, then we would try to learn everything that we can about him in whatever, whatever may be at our disposal to do that. And uh, so, and the way I look at it, and I had mentioned this in a prior podcast is that uh, if you are dating someone or planning to marry someone and they're from another country 
and you don't speak their that language, then whatever letter they write to you is going to be in that language. But if you don't know that language, you can't understand it. And the Bible was originally, as I forestated, originally written in Hebrew, Aramaic and Greek. And there are things when you start looking at the Bible, according to the original language, which is which is Hebrew, Aramaic and Greek. There are some things, especially in well, in Greek, too, but in Hebrew that you don't see in English. There are tenses and, you know, there's continuous tense. There's a present tense. There's a past tense and things like that. But you begin to see so much more when you begin to look at the Bible in its original language. Now, we have been, as I said, talking about this man named Job. Uh, and I'll just read a, a, a little bit. I'm trying to see where I really want to be, begin at. Um, we're going to begin in Job chapter one, verse nine. But let me just read just a little bit because uh, I was kind of breaking it down in the original language and really just beginning to look at it. I haven't gotten that deep yet into it. Uh, and our podcast numbers have been down, which that's not really that encouraging. And I have been thinking about discontinuing this podcast uh, and maybe going on another platform to... Um, to 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 uh, be able to reach more people and um, so however in Job or Job chapter one verse one it begins with Ish Ish is the Hebrew word for man and I mentioned it in the last podcast but when you talk about the uh, the word Ish is spelled Aleph Yud Sheen and so Ish is the Hebrew word for man. It begins ish haya, and haya means happen or came into being or to become or to come to to uh to pass. So what it's saying is that a man came about or came into being or came to pass. Uh and then the next word in the in that uh particular verse, uh Job chapter one, uh is the the word, the Hebrew word which is uh, Eretz. And Eretz is the Hebrew word for land or earth or, you know, land. Basically, it's, it's, the, it's the Hebrew word for land, Eretz. And it's saying that each a man, Haya uh, uh, came about or came into being in the Eretz, in the land. Uh, and the word there, and the next word is you, uh, ooze. So uh, in the in the King James, it's um, us, but that word is actually ooze. Um, and it means where Job was from, the word us or ooze or oots means to counsel, to plan, uh, to devise or to take counsel. So Job was in a place of counsel you know it's like every um place or every country or every city or every town has characteristics about it there are things that are inbred in that place you know that uh it's just like when paul was on mars hill and the bible says that they the people that were there spent their time in philosophy and that was their thing they spent their time in 
uh, philosophizing, if that's a word, but talking about philosophy and learning new things and, and hearing new doctrines and all that kind of stuff. Well, in the land where Job was from, they spent their time in counsel or counseling or talking about uh, life situations, you know, and giving advice and things like that. And you'll see later on that Job's friends come to see him. And what are they doing? They're giving him advice. You know, it's all right to get advice from your friends. It's all right to get direction from your friends as providing that they're giving you wisdom, that they're giving you good counsel, that they're giving you good direction, especially when you're in a place like where Job was in, you see. And the Bible says that uh, uh, that Job was, well, I say the Bible say, but one of the words, uh, the, the word that Job or the name Job means a patriarch. It's from Yob, which means to be hated or to be hostile or to be an enemy. Um, it comes from the root word that has to do with hate. And so there was a man that was in the land of counsel that uh, was a patriarch and he was hated, not by God, but he was hated by Satan and his name. The, in Hebrew, the word is Shem, which means name. His name was Yov. Um, let's see. Uh, so the Bible says that Yov or Job was uh, was Tam. And Tam is a Hebrew word, which means blameless, guiltless, perfect, or one that is complete or undefiled. And it comes from a, from the root word Tamam, T-A-M-A-M, Tamam, uh, which means coupled together. So Job was, was all together. He was the complete package you can say that Job was the complete package when you're talking about a man of God. And we, I mentioned last podcast, you know, because in this world we measure by so many different standards and what a man is and what a man is it and all that kind of stuff. But really when God said, let us make man, what the next thing he said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. So a man or an ish is someone who has the 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 image of God. He he looks like God, but then also uh, he has the likeness of God. He acts like God acts. And you know, Peter in the book of Peter, he says, "Be imitators, dear children of God." So our behavior should imitate God. You know, but but Job or Job was in a tough spot because God never warned him what was going to happen in his life. Just like God doesn't warn us what's going to happen in our life. A lot of times when things just seemingly come out of the blue, you see. But God knew that Job had the right stuff. He was made out of the right stuff. God knows what you and I can handle. He knows what you and I are made out of. And it wasn't God that sent all of these things against Job. But however, uh, I want to read a, a couple of passages of scripture out of the book of Job. Uh, in chapter one, verse nine, it says, the adversary answered Adonai, 
Is it for nothing? And we talked about this last time that Job fears God. So in other words, Satan was telling God, Job fears you because of what he can get out of you or what he can get from you. You see, he said, Joe, uh, Satan said, you've put a protective hedge around him, his house and everything he has. And so Satan, as I said before in our last podcast, Satan had been checking Job out. He had been looking at his life. He had been looking at his house. He had been looking at his, the affairs of his life. Satan studies man. Believe me, the devil studies you. The devil is taking notes on how you operate and he's taking notes on your relationship with God most of all. He said, you've put a protective hedge around him, his house and everything he has. You've prospered his work and uh, his livestock are spread out all over the land. But if you reach out your hand and touch whatever he has, without doubt, he'll curse you to your face. And so Satan is trying to get God to do damage to Job. He, in other words, Satan wants uh, God to, to bring all these calamities against Job. And I can only suppose that, you know, he wants to blame God to Job uh, to get Job thrown off track and, and stop him from following Adonai or God. Then it says, Adonai said to the adversary, and that's who Satan is. You know, there's, like I said before, there's Satan worshipers and stuff like that. But the devil does not love any one of us and he's not any one of our friends. He is the adversary. He is our enemy. He is out to destroy you. He is out to destroy me. But God keeps us from his uh, onslaughts. Now it says here, everything he has is in your hands. This is what, uh, what, what God is saying to Satan, to the adversary. He says here, everything he had is, has is in your hand, except that you are not to lay a finger on his person. So, you know, Satan can't just come in your life and wreak havoc. He has to get permission from God. And then God tells him what he can do and what he can't do, how far he can go and how far he can't go. It says, then the adversary, and let me just say this while I'm thinking about it. Satan, the Bible says uh, to us, he says, uh, be sober, be vigilant for your adversary. The devil walks about as a roaring lion. This is, uh, I believe it's first or second Peter 5, 8. Uh, and it's like, okay, the devil does have some power. Like I said, he's not to be taken lightly, but he's not the ultimate power. God is the ultimate power. God has ultimate power over him. But Satan, a lot of times is just like that, uh, little guy on the wizard of Oz making all that noise behind that curtain with that machine. And he was just one little old man with all of these theatrics around him. And a lot of times that's how Satan does to try to uh, frighten us and get us off track. Uh, but like I said, he's, he's also a spirit. And so he does have some power, you know, and we're mortal and he's immortal. So, I mean, he can see us, but we can't see him basically. Then the adversary went out from the presence of Adonai. Now, quite naturally, you would think that this picture is in heaven. But it doesn't say that Satan went up to heaven and talked to God. It said that the sons of God presented themselves before the Lord. All right, then it says one day, verse, uh, I believe it's 13. One day when 
Eob's sons and daughters were eating and drinking in their oldest brother's house. A messenger came to him and said the, the oxen were plowing with the donkeys grazing near them. When a raiding party from Shiva came and carried them off, they put the servants to the sword too. And I'm the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another one came and said, fire from God fell from the sky and burned up the sheep and the servants. It completely destroyed them. And I'm the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another one came and said, the Kasdim, three bands of them, fell on the camels, which means they uh, attacked the camels and carried them off. And they put servants, and they put to the servants to the sword too. So in other words, they killed the servants. They put the sword to the servants. And I'm the only one who escaped to tell you. Amen. So all of this is going on and the uh, servants of Job is coming back to tell him what happened. So there was somebody left out of what went on to tell Job what was going on. Then in chapter two, it says another day came when the sons of God came to serve, uh, came to serve Adonai. And among them came the adversary to serve Adonai. Adonai asked the adversary where are you coming from? The adversary answered. Now, he's talking about Satan when he said the adversary. The adversary answered Adonai from, uh, from roaming through the earth, wandering here and there. Adonai asked the adversary, did you notice my servant Job or Job that there is no one like him in the or on the earth? Excuse me. A blameless and upright man who feareth God and shuns evil and that he still holds to his, uh, he still holds on to his integrity, even though you provoked me against him to destroy him for no reason. So God said, you sent, you tried to provoke me uh, to destroy Job or Job without any reason whatsoever. It was unprovoked. It was as unprovoked as. Russia attacking Ukraine. It was just that unprovoked. And Satan was in the, uh, you know, uh, at the bottom of it. The adversary answered Adonai, skin for skin, a person will give up everything he has to save his life. But if you reach out your hand and touch his flesh and bone with, uh, without doubt, he'll curse you to your face. Adonai said to the adversary here, he is in your hands, except that you are to spare his life. And so, you know, uh, you know, the first time, uh, you know, God allowed Satan to go so far and, and Job suffered material loss. And he also uh, suffered relationship loss because all of his children were killed. And not only was all of his children killed, but uh, uh, a lot of his servants were killed and a lot of his animals. So he, he lost, um, you know, uh, his economics uh, uh, situation was bad 
because he lost the livestock. And of course, those that raise livestock today and those that raise livestock then, you know, they made their living basically off of their livestock. So a lot of that was gone. So he suffered economically, financially, and then he suffered emotionally as far as, you know, his uh, relationship with his children. I mean, you know, it's just one thing after the other. And sometimes we think we have it so bad until we see what happened to someone else, you know. But at the same time, I mean, I can't even imagine this, what Job must have been feeling with all of this coming at him all at one time. And there was a, uh, a writer back years ago, uh, centuries ago, actually, um, C.H. Uh, McIntosh, who said that the hardest news for someone to take is that which comes all of a sudden. And that's the truth, you know, and, and these things hit Job all of a sudden. So not only did uh, all of these things happen to him, now his body is about to be afflicted, you know, and it's like, well, he still kept this the right kind of spirit. He still kept the right kind of attitude. Then in Job chapter uh, 2, verse 7, says, Then the adversary went out from the presence of Adonai. He had got what he wanted and struck Job down with horrible infected sores from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. He took a piece of broken uh, pot to scratch himself and sat down in the pile of ashes. He was, he was in mourning. Job was in mourning. His wife asked him, why do you still hold on to your integrity? Now, what did Job tell, uh, what did, I'm sorry, what did Satan say to, to God? You know, he said that, you know, uh, Satan, uh, God said to Satan, he still holds on to his integrity. And then Job said, well, if you attack his body, you know, yeah, a person will, will curse you to your face. Job will curse you to your face if you touch his body, if you allow me to afflict him. And so his, Job's wife uh, asked him, why do you still hold to your integrity? Now, where did she get this thought from? Where did she get this evil idea from? She got it from the adversaries. Satan had just told God that, you know, after he was taught, after God told him about Job was still holding to his integrity, he said, well, if you, cur if you touch his flesh, he'll curse you to your face. And then the very next thing, Satan gets into Job's wife and she asks him, why are you still holding to your integrity? Some of the things that some people are saying to you, you need to research and find out if those things are coming from them or if they're coming from Satan. Some of the, the negative things that people are saying to you, you know, uh, and that are not edifying and, and uplifting. So <clears throat> she said, why do you still hold to your integrity? She said, curse God and die. But he answered her, you're talking like a low class woman. In, uh, in the King James, it says that uh, you're talking like a foolish woman. So she said, she, he says, you're talking like a low class woman. He's, and Job said, are we to receive the good of God's hands, but reject the bad, you know, and so that says right there that we need to be be willing and able and ready to serve God in the bad times and in the good times. It says in all this, Yov did not say 
uh, one sinful word. Now, when your three friends heard of the calamities that had overwhelmed him, they all came, each one came from his own home. Eliaphas, that was one of uh, Job's friends from Teman, then Bildad from Shuach, and then Zophar uh, from Naamath or Naamah. They had agreed to meet together in order to come and offer him sympathy and comfort. So they came to Job to see him, to offer him sympathy and comfort. When they saw him from a distance, they couldn't even recognize him. This is how bad Job looked. They didn't, his friends didn't even recognize him. Then it says, they wept aloud, tore their coats, and threw dust over their heads and toward heaven. Now they are in mourning. Then they sat down with him on the ground for seven days and seven nights. No one spoke a word to him because they saw how much he was suffering. At length, Eov broke the silence and cursed the day of his birth. And so Job's friends sat down with him and they didn't say anything, but they went there to, to, to counsel him and to offer him comfort and things of that nature. But when they saw him, they, it was just an immediate reaction how Job or Job was suffering. And they, and they took dust and put it on, the, on their heads and threw dust in the sky. They were mourning with Job because that was their friend. And they were, you know, used to seeing him healthy and, and uh, active and things like that. But now he's suffering and he's going through something. He's going through a lot, actually, you know. So I'm, we're going to stop right there. At, but uh, I just want to pray right now for those that are going through anything. And I know that we're always going through something. But I mean things that are coming at you all at once. And things that you just don't understand. And things that seemingly are coming out of the blue. Father, in the name of Yeshua, I pray for my... Uh, listeners, I pray for each man, each woman, each boy, each girl, that things are coming against their lives. And Lord, they don't know where it's coming from. Seemingly, it's coming from nowhere. But Lord, help us to be such a people that research and pray and seek your face to find out the root of the thing that is going on in our lives. And Father, I pray that you would cause each and every person that's listening, Lord, to be drawn closer to you and allow you to be drawn closer to them. So, Father, I pray that you would work in each and, each and every one of our lives, Lord, work in our lives. And I pray, Father, that you would keep them close to you. If you would like to communicate with me, it's RevKev and the Root 2020 at gmail.com. RevKev and the Root 2020 at gmail.com. Until next time, God bless you. Mm -hmm.